Project Podcast. It's hosted by myself, Alison Curtis, and Shona founder, Tammy Darcy. Thanks, Alison. So the Shona Project has been empowering the young women and girls of Ireland for many, many years. And one of the things we've noticed is that we're always inundated by messages from parents who just want to know how they can raise their daughters to be strong, confident and self-assured young women. And I have a 12 year old and you have an 18 year old. So we're on both sides of these years. So there's lots and lots to discuss. And each week we want to have an expert on to help us with a specific topic and including things like body image, bullying, boundaries, social media and all of that. And you you can always send in your suggestions for topics to be covered on the podcast, podcast at Shona.ie or stay in touch online. Yes, yeah, so our website is Shona.ie and uh, yeah, let's get started. In this week's episode, we're talking about bullying. So as we're saying in this week's episode, we're discussing bullying. And Tammy, you have your own personal experience with this growing up. Alison, I had such an experience with this that I created a whole non-profit organisation about it. That's how much of an experience Impact I had, it had. being bullied. Even today, like I still find myself reacting in certain situations in a defensive way or, you know, having making assumptions about how people approach me based on my experience back then. I'm really aware of it, but like mm. it's taken me a long time to get over it. And, you know, I always say I had a really awful awful, awful experience as a teenager in lots of different ways. But I think in terms of the one that changed my personality the most, it was definitely the being bullied. Okay. Yeah. Will you tell us more about it? Yeah. So I had this best friend in school for a little while. Um, and, you know, we were kind of joined at the hip. And um, for some reason, halfway through second year, she decided she didn't like me anymore. And I still don't know why. And I hear this a lot, like people just turn in on each other all mm-hmm. of a sudden. And I think that's when it hurts the most because they know you inside out and back to front and they know your insecurities. And, you know, they don't. It, it started with me like these little bitey comments, you know, those little ones that are, you think are a little bit bitchy, but you're not like completely sure. They're so subtle, you don't know how to handle you them. You know, like, um, I'm only telling you this because I love you, but like, you shouldn't have worn that or like, why did you say that? Or why are you like this? You know, those chipping away, chipping away at your self-esteem and trying to break you down slowly. It went from then to exclusion and exclusion is powerful, is Oh my God, horrendous, you know, where I'd come into school on a Monday and I'd find out that all of the girls had been at her house or they'd all been invited to do something and I was the only one not invited. Tammy, I have a anxiety around that through my, for my daughter. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not even justified in that. Like I'm heightened about all of that. So was a personal experience happening to you? Exactly. It's horrendous because you just completely think that you're the only person Mm. not invited. And it's a tricky area because like you're not entitled to be invited to everything, you know, and there are always going to be groups who are besties who, you know, might like you, but not think to invite you Mm -hmm. and all of that. It's, you know, it's a real grey area when where it comes to, you know, is a complete bullying. But for me with this girl, it wasn't just that she didn't want to be my friend. She wanted to make sure that nobody would be my friend. And that's the difference. And then it went from there to spreading rumours about me. Um, I remember walking from class to class and she would walk behind me and sing a song that she made up about, you know, the things that she knew I was insecure about. Um, that is next level. Next level. And I'll tell you how much of a, of a, an impact it had on me because when we grew up, right, with two sisters and a brother and we all have big lips in our family. Now, my brother was like a movie star in school because he had his, but she knew I was insecure about mine and she kept picking at them and she would pick at them so much that I would wake up with like my lips would be bleeding because I'd be biting them in my sleep 
because oh I was my so self-conscious about them. And now, you know, now obviously. People are paying for those yeah. lips. Tell but, me. But this is You're the, the opposite to me. It's just that I think she got a reaction. She knew yeah. it was a thing I was insecure about. So it got so bad that I honestly thought I need to be invisible in this school to survive. And I started spending every break time, lunchtime hiding in the toilets. So I read books in there, do my homework in there. I still remember this little tiny cubicle at the very, very end of the school in the very last block of toilets. And it was the only place in the entire school that I felt safe. That is horrendous. Well, I want to know, because I have to be honest and say, I thankfully did not have that experience growing up. Mm. I don't think I had a great awareness of of bullying and we had a very large group of friends there was 11 girls that started like grade nine as you call it in Canada and went straight through together and various you know alliances within that group were stronger than others but we managed to kind of stay as a as a unit that's amazing it was like and I'm sure we bitched about each other I'm sure there are lots of things that happened there but as an experience I didn't have it and I'm very grateful for that but Mm -hmm. what I want to know is what involvement did your parents have her parents have if any or the school? What was their responsibility? Yeah, well, I mean, look, it did end up getting quite serious where I was being threatened every day where she was waiting at the school gate and I used to climb over the back wall of the school to get away from her. Like, Alison, I used to wake up with a pain in my stomach every morning. And when I used to get on the bus, which used to be parked across the school gate without her seeing me, I would relax for about five minutes because I survived another day. And then I would start feeling sick about the next day and that's like that's the like I think if adults if we had to experience that how serious it would be Mm -hmm. and this is this is the impact that it that it has on a on a person it absolutely devastated my self-esteem like absolutely annihilated completely wiped out um and I, I didn't tell my parents for a long time, like, you know, we've spoken about Shona's illness at the time that was yes. happening at the same time. So they had a lot going on and they were also going through a divorce. So, you know, not blaming them, but they had a lot to deal with. And I didn't really bring it up for a long time. So you really internalized it? Until it became a physical threat. And then they did go to the school and talk to the school. And um, but that was like pure desperation where mm-hmm. I honestly thought I couldn't take it anymore. I used to sit in class and watch the clock at the top of the room counting down the minutes till four o'clock to see if I could get out at four o'clock without her finding and finding me. you. And did the school do anything? I mean, they kind of had a word with her and warned her. And I remember leaving the school that day and having them kind of walk behind me and not say anything, but just walk in an intimidating way, almost like pushing me to be like, we're not saying anything. You can't complain. You know, we're not doing anything to you. We're just here and like letting you know that we're here. The threat is there. It didn't stop it. And that's one of the things that I want to explore with this podcast Um how can parents actually help and Mm -hmm. how can schools get involved and what their level of responsibility is and that's why I think to me this is one of the most important episodes that we're going to do because as a parent of a child that's been bullied which I've also been um, you're so angry you're just so angry and like you know as much as you don't want to judge little kids you're like oh my god I could kill them because you're looking at your child falling apart Mm -hmm. so you know I've seen it as a child I've seen it as a parent I've seen the damage that it does so I really, really hope that we can get some practical tools for parents today. Now, the work that we do with the Shona Project, we do workshops in schools with Mm -hmm. girls where by the end of the workshop, they're all apologising to each other and it does make a huge difference. That's impactful, yeah. Yeah, But again, looking at it from the parent's side. And Shona Project, you do incredible work on that front. But you, another thing that is striking me is that is a lot of energy and effort 
and dedication on behalf of the bully as well. So there has to be a drive there. And yeah. that scares me. Like yeah. what would be the impetus to continue to do that to somebody over a very extended period of time? Well, actually, I can explain this from that viewpoint as well, because if I'm really honest with you, I, I know I bullied in school too. Okay. And this is why I think we need to stop saying girls are good girls and bad girls. Like everyone has the potential to be both. And when I do workshops, I ask girls to stand up and and like say, sit down if you've ever been negatively affected by something another girl has said or done. Mm -hmm. Then we do it again. Sit down if you've ever behaved in a way that might have negatively affected another girl and every girl sits down. So it's obviously a spectrum. But I remember being really mean to a girl in school and the only way that I can explain it, I'm not going to explain it rationally or in a way that would make sense or excuse the behaviour. But the only way that I can explain it is that when you don't know how to channel anger, sadness and frustration in positive ways, that's when it comes out like that. And one of my favourite lines is that hurt people hurt people. Mm. And I was so angry and felt so unseen and felt like I couldn't control anything in my life. The mm. only thing that I had control over is this person that I bullied. But now looking back, I can think that she probably went to bed with the same pain in her stomach. Yeah. About how I treated her. That. But Tammy, I've not heard of a case, if I'm honest, of someone who has on both been on both sides until you've explained it to me now, which is obviously a common, common mm. thing. I don't think, well, you might have heard it, but like, you know, when you're happy, you think about it yourself, when you're in a good mood and you feel secure and you feel happy and you feel loved. Yeah you're not going to have anger towards other people and you're not going to be looking for a place to put it. So mm. there it obviously is a reason of frustration, uh, a, a situation that these girls are in, that they're behaving that right. way. And that's why I do have compassion for them, annoyed and all as I was when it was happening to my own daughter. Of course. Um, and I also think when you get this label of being a bad girl, you accept it. Yeah, you're right. Labels are toxic. They really are. Yeah. Somebody who knows quite a bit about it and has spoken very openly about it very recently is Ali Leahy. And she's one of the, she was one of the roses of Tralee this year. And she's going to join us now to talk more about her experience. Thank you so much for joining us, Ali, on the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. I'm sorry, Tammy, before you ask something, Ali, are you Allison? No, just Ali. All right. Yeah, yeah, A-double-L-I-E. Because when I was younger and people were like, Ali, I was like, I don't think that suits me. I'm not exciting enough to be an Ali. I'm just <laughs> Allison. <laughs> so, no. Ali, there we go. We've established that. Yeah, yeah. Someday maybe you'll be yeah. <laughs> working on it. Um, so, Allison, I came across Ali. Um, she was the Offaly Rose at the Rose of Tree this year she spoke so authentically and openly about her bullying experience and at the time you know we were trying to put the Shine Festival roster together so I asked her would she do an online interview with me which she did I think we were best friends about two minutes in definitely and then you know after speaking to her I just thought you know she could really help young girls who were at Shine Festival so I asked her to come in person and then I asked her to come and talk on our podcast because you know bullying is such a huge issue for Mm -hmm. so many girls and I love the way that Ali kind of framed it in that you know one of the things I know you're going to say is that you wouldn't be who you are today without that experience Um, and having that kind of mindset on it is really important so um, yeah do you want to just talk us through where it started and what your school experience was like? Yes so it stemmed in TY we got into TY and it was kind of like a fresh start from third year after finishing our exams and just kind of little bits happened throughout the year you know kind of brushed them off didn't think anything much you know that's just girls being girls but actually that's where it stemmed 
And then fifth and sixth year, when I got back from the summer after TY, um, things just really escalated. Um, I was very isolated, very by myself. Um, people who did talk to me, they were, they were kind of in a position, if they spoke to me, they were going to be also not very liked. They were compromised. Yeah, and that very much shown throughout the year. Um, kind of not being invited to parties and kind of at that age it's such a big thing um, and in school is very much by myself um, but then sixth year happened and went back and I said look I've only one more year but it got worse and worse and November of sixth year I decided not to go back to school okay. um, I took the month off my parents were very supportive. I went home and just said I couldn't do it anymore. Um, and very much so when something big is happening in my life and then you have your own thoughts on top of it, things start to get a little bit worse in your own head. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was in very much a really, really bad place then. But Ali, and something I asked Tammy when she was talking about her own experience when she was a teenager, what was the school's involvement and what did they do? Um, personally, my parents had to hound the school. Um, to do anything um, it was noted in TY you know there was a little bit of conflict between a few girls um, but even when it escalated and I went in my parents went in there was never a plan of action to be taken and I remember um, one of the teachers turning around and saying do you think this is serious enough to actually be written up and to be put through and I was like well my life has been destroyed at the minute of course it is mm-hmm. Um And that's kind of a a message I want to put out there as well is, you know, one small thing, which I done a lot of was brush off and TY escalated into something huge Mm -hmm. um, for fifth and sixth year. Whereas if I kind of said in TY, this isn't right and made a move then on going to a teacher, you know, saying it to the principal, maybe it wouldn't have escalated as bad as it was. I think... um this for me is one of the things about how girls bully each other as opposed to how boys bully each other because it's insidious. It's really hard to be like they did a really specific thing. A boy might go over and punch another boy and that's like you've really hurt this person, you've done something. With a girl it's like you know, I, I remember I spoke earlier on about girls just following me and just staring at me. And it's like really hard to go to a teacher and be like she won't stop looking yeah. at me. You feel like a child when you talk like that. But it's like Oh, I don't know if they actually put the thought into how strategically they do it, but it's like making the most amount of damage with the least amount of evidence. Yeah, and Did you even, find that? Yeah, and what I found as well is like, you know, they'd be chatting and laughing, but if you'd walk by or if you do it and the, the laughing got louder, and it was almost like it was directed okay. at you and it would stop and then a big laugh would happen. or And it's, you know, in the moment you're like, oh, it's probably not about me, but like in your head... Like, you really, really feel like it's about you. Did you have anybody that you felt close to that was a constant in your life? Um, my family are, were phenomenal. My sister was actually living in London at the time and my mom and dad kind of sent me over there for throughout the year just to get a break for a weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually had a boyfriend at the time as well and he lost all his friends because he was with me, yeah. And by asking this question, my next question, Ali, is not putting at all any responsibility or blame on you. But as someone who has been a victim of it, obviously, do you wonder why it started that way? And what was the source? And what was the 
the the grain that started it all. Yeah, I always kind of, I always look back and be like, I was like, why me? Or why did this happen? And did I do something? Yeah, and everyone always asks that. In the end, um, after the month off, I went back to school and I had meetings. I would only go back if I could have meetings with every single one of the girls separately with teachers present. Right. And that was kind of the condition for me to go back. And when and I you asked came, them, you asked for that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And because I wanted I wanted an answer. Like, what have I have I done something? Because maybe we can solve this if I've upset you. And that's every, really brave of yeah, you. And every single one of them said, I don't have a problem with you. I don't know why I'm doing this. Every single yeah, one. There was three girls who refused to meet me. And right. the rest did. So what would be your advice for people listening to this podcast? Girls that are, Tammy and I are saying possibly 16, 17, 18 are listening. It is primarily obviously for parents of teenage girls. Yeah. What would be your advice? Oh, keep talking. Just keep talking. Um, go to someone that you trust and that you think will help you as well. And just remember that it's their insecurities that are making them do this. It's not you. Because for a long time, I thought it was me and um, what am I doing wrong? And the, it, it's my fault. No one likes me, but mm-hmm. it's not you at all. It's them and their problems, their insecurities. And definitely to continue to love yourself. It's one thing I lost during those years was I stopped loving myself. I lost yeah. all my confidence. And w- since that, I've kind of learned you're your number one fan and you have to get up every morning and, you know, just love yourself and do do not lose that because you will lose yourself if you do. And can I ask Ali as well, when you took that month off and you came back and that sounds extremely brave to me that you, that was how you decided to sort it yeah. out. Did you feel things got better? Oh yeah, drastically. Yeah, r- really. And I was kind of in the headspace where I was like, I have only till June I just have to get my leaving cert out of the way and I was in a much better frame of mind in the sense knowing I didn't do anything wrong this was kind of on them and I was going through counselling at the time as well and she was phenomenal and it very much having the meetings and like doing my counselling it made me realise it was not me it was them and you know I broke away from school then in June done my leaving cert and I went to college in Galway for a year figured out it was not for me at all and I left and went to Scotland by myself for a year and it was the making of me. Ali how do you think you know you're looking back at it now it's something I do a lot and I'm like a lot older than you but I still look back on it and try and make sense of it and I think one of the worst things we try and do is try and make sense of things that actually just don't yeah. make sense um, mm. but when you look back at it now how has this shaped the person that you are today in positive ways? I would not be as strong um, as independent. Um, I won't be able to, you know, be able to take situations, even if it's work or in my friend group at the minute and, you know, be able to dissect things and without rethinking them. And Mm. definitely I'd be able to, I'm much more, I think the biggest thing is my strength that's came out of it and I'm a talker so I love to talk and I think voicing these things and my experience and will help someone else and I think it will for a girl or a boy or a parent whoever's going through it like talking is such a huge thing and it builds strength and courage and confidence through it and that's why Mm. I got when I look back. And can I ask you another question that literally just came into my head right now? Because this is a podcast for parents. Yeah. During that time when you were struggling 
and you were having a hard time and you were trying to navigate going back to school and still getting your education and all that. What was it that your parents did that really helped? And was there things that maybe they think they might have done or said differently now with hindsight? Um, my parents pushed and pushed and pushed for the school to do something. Um, they completely had my back when I went to them and said I didn't want to go back to school. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the my education was the least of their worries during that time. It was more mm-hmm. my mental health. Um, and I think for them, you know, they got me into counselling straight away when they realised how bad it was. Mm-hmm. And there was a point where, you know, my mood completely changed. I'm I'm the girl that goes around with the huge smile and everything. And I didn't have that on my face anymore. And they they really struggled to see that themselves. And they'd done everything in their power. They hounded the school. Mm-hmm. Um, and mom always says the person who speaks loudest, you mm-hmm. know, there's results to be seen there. And even when I went on my first day to go back to school, like my dad brought me in and waited outside until um, I was OK. Mm-hmm. So and, you know, one thing I would say is if to any parent out there, if you think something is small, it's not. Mm -hmm. And just to listen to your child and as much as it might be the same story or the same situation, it's not for them. And it's just so important to listen to them, to be there for them, to try and do anything in your power that you think that can help them. Ali, one thing I'm always curious about, and Tammy and I said this at the beginning of the episode, I'm fortunate in that I didn't have that experience growing up. Tammy did. Is there a capacity to forgive and is there a power in forgiving? I definitely believe so. Okay. Um, I mean, I know for a fact I wouldn't be the person I am today without that happening. Okay. I said that and I love who I am today. And during my counselling, the forgiveness wasn't for them, it was for me. All right. Okay. Um, because living in the past, I don't, as I do think about it and, you know, it comes up every now and then, but I don't look back in any regret on what I've done and I can move forward with my life knowing that, mm. you know, I forgave. I haven't forgotten, but I have forgiven. I'm able to move on rather than, you know, holding a grudge. It has so much effect on yourself more mm. so like they probably, they don't even care mm. if I'm holding a grudge or not. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Ali, thank you so much for sharing your experience. I I don't take it that it's light to do or that, you know, it wasn't a big deal for you to do this, to share it on the podcast. We appreciate that. What is current? What is next? What is happening? So for me, I am back at work, unfortunately. <laughs> no, she loves it. She really does I love do it. I do love it, yeah. Um, in Tullamore Pay Hospital as a receptionist. But I'm hoping in the next couple of months maybe to do a bit of travelling. Um, my brother's over in Australia and I have the Shine Festival coming up as well where I'm going to be speaking at. So I'm really looking forward to that. Wish you continued success. You're an incredible person. Thank you. I know that you've known Tammy before, but it's a pr- privilege for me to meet you today Thank as well. You. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Ali. Thanks so much for having me. As promised, we've asked Dr. Mary O'Kane to join us on this episode of the Shona podcast to talk about bullying and to give parents some practical advice. Mary, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you, Alison. This is one of those topics, and I'm it, it, in one way, it's a pleasure to talk about it, but it's such an emotive topic um, and just so important that we actually talk about it. Exactly. So for parents listening to this podcast, I want to start with the very beginning, which is what do we do if we suspect our children are being bullied? If this is in the case, if they aren't telling us. Yeah. 
Alison, you will feel it. You will you will see it in their behavior. And funny, you've hit the nail on the head there. Very often they will not tell you. And and it's not surprising. It's feelings of shame, feeling your humiliation. You, when you're being bullied, your self-esteem is brought down. So you you they may not tell you, but you will see it. And they, so we say there's three symptoms, if you like. First of all, the physical stuff, and it can be physical. So maybe unexplained bruises or something going on, even trouble sleeping, headaches. So there will be physical signs that you might see. Then there are the behavioral ones. And again, you will will see them. So maybe um, a teenager who suddenly has lost interest in school and maybe they're they're just moody and they're sad, retreating to the room. And do you know what's an interesting one, Alison? Sometimes a child who will not use the bathroom out of the balloon school. So they're rushing to go to the bathroom because they're trying to avoid people Um, and social. So it's just... Maybe a child youth walk to school quite happily. Suddenly, no, they don't want to walk to school. They don't want to go to school. Change in their social um, circle. You know, the friends that they used to associate with. Suddenly, you notice that they're they're not asking anybody home. So the signs are there, I suppose. And then it's up to us to notice them, but maybe be quite delicate in how we then approach that. So that's where I think parents will really benefit to hear what you have to say, as in, how do you start that conversation? I presume, obviously, with 12 to 13, even 14 year olds, it might be much easier than 14 to 18. Maybe I'm wrong in that. But how do we initiate that conversation to make sure that they do open up to us about it? You know, I in all honesty, I would say to any parent listening, have the conversation before you ever get to the point of needing to have it. You know, we should be talking to our children about bullying before they ever go into secondary school. And it's not that you want to frighten them. And in fact, maybe that's sometimes why we we don't have the conversation. We're worried we're going to put ideas into their head. But it's more talking about friendship. What does friendship mean to them? What is important to them? What do they value in a friend? And maybe if a friendship started to go wrong, you know, how would you approach it? So you're talking to them about what if they witness bullying? You know, what if they see something? How would you respond? So so have those conversations, but then say you notice these changes in your child and you're thinking, there's something going on here. I know there is something. Nobody knows a child the way their parent does. You sense that there's something going on. And at that point, I love the words, and um, I've noticed. So you're just going to them, you know, I've, I've just noticed that you don't seem yourself lately. You know, is there something going on with you? Or, you know, I've noticed that your friendships seem to be changing. You know, is everything okay? I've noticed is quite... Um, a gentle way of letting them know there is there's something going on here and because as i said very often they can feel humiliated they can feel ashamed and uh, which is awful but at times our children and our teens they nearly feel have i done something wrong and i'm am i responsible so you want to be nice and delicate and um, in in how you approach it and then maybe ask the more inquisitive questions what like mary what would they be what would be the kind of questions that parents like so they do get a huge like the proper clear picture of what's going on the first thing i think is 
we want to know what's happening. So we want detail, but you you do need to be gentle in it. You know, can you tell me a bit about exactly what's gone on here? And remember, bullying is not just um, a one-off. So bullying is not a row with a friend that goes badly wrong. Your bullying is something that's been going on for some time. And it's, it's a power dynamic often. And it's really related to your child. So you do want to get details about what happened. Um, and you might need to come back to that on an ongoing basis. But some of the questions like, you know, is there anything that we could do to make you feel safer? Or um, what can I do to be helpful? So, you know, those broader questions, so you, you want the detail in the questions, but you also really want to, um, that those broader stuff. You know, could we come up with something here that might help? The other thing I have to say, Alison, that's really important is that they know that um, this isn't their fault. So, you know, as well as questioning, this is not your fault. You have done nothing wrong here. I love you. You you don't feel you have done something to bring this on yourself. Um, and to know that you are not going to jump in and, and jump in and do something without even their permission, if you like, that could make things worse. So, Mary, that's huge. And I know that even on a small level, when I talk to my daughter and something's gone on, I just sort of say, well, do you want me to say something to the parents? And she's often like, no, no, no. And this is not, thankfully, bullying. Uh, but it's like, whatever it is, personal relationships. And she's like, no, no, I, no, don't. Or else she does often say, and this has come up in the podcast before, sometimes I just need you to listen, mom. But this is different. Yes. Like we do, yes. we do want parents to be armed with you know, the ability to help. Now, once you've established with your child that there is definitely something going on, and as a parent, you're confident that there is, and you've got enough details, what should you be doing? Like you, beyond talking with them, what is the next step? They need to know you are their safe space. So as you just said, you know, you're, you're listening is the first step, but calm. We, we sometimes, oh, Alison, you know, when your child is hurting, when your child is in pain, it just comes to the very core of our being. And what do we do sometimes? We explode, we react, we respond. So that's the first thing. Before you, you speak to anybody else, it's to really make sure you don't do that. You know, for a child, they need to know home is my safe space. Bullying is going on, well, now it's online, it could be going on in the home, but mostly it's in, involved with people external to your home. Mm -hmm. So they absolutely need to know, we're here for you to regroup. This is your safe space, okay? So if we overreact, if we're devastated or angry, it, it sort of makes that start of the healing journey, if you like, and um, harder. The next thing is they need to make very clear there's no blame on them, no responsibility on them. There's no good reason. Sometimes we nearly look for a reason and we, we start to question them about why why this might be happening. But the implication is what is back on them done? Yes. So we really, really want to avoid that. What you want to do is really hear about their experience. You want to get um the evidence, I suppose, if you like, so that you can determine very often, do I need to go to the school? You know, who do I need to speak to? What do I do to take it further? And I suppose that's your next um, big decision on how you are going to move on from this. And as far as the role of, say, parents involved, as in children that are causing this distress for your own child, 
that seems very tricky to me, how you would deal with that. Oh, Alison, I I would usually say get the school involved. Even if the bullying is not taking place within the school, um, every school should have a school counsellor in secondary yeah. school. So there should be an adult that is providing a safe space when you are not there. So if it's in school, absolutely the school should be involved and in fact if you are if it's within the school you should be speaking to the school and questioning um, them can you tell me what you are going to put in place to make sure that my child is not at risk in your setting so you're kind of being very clear to them I have an expectation that your setting should be a safe space for my child. You're not saying, what are you going to do to intervene with my child and, you know, Mary down the road? No. What are you doing to make sure that your setting is a safe space? So that's very important. But even if it's not within the school, absolutely the school counsellor should be involved because you have to work with your child on working on their self-esteem, working on how they handle this. But they absolutely need support um, from the school as well in terms of how they are going to approach it. It nearly needs to be a two-pronged approach at the home and the school. But sorry, your comment about the other parents, that's a risky thing to jump in. Parents are going to get defensive. And think about your motivation. If you want to make a phone call to another parent to basically let your anger out at them, at their child. You know, what's your goal? You're not going to achieve anything to support your child. Now, if you know a parent well and you feel actually perhaps I could say to them, look, I'm worried about the relationship. I'm worried if is there something we can do to you know support this relationship? If you know the parent well, definitely, you know, you can do that but particularly if you know them. And then lots of the time in secondary school, you don't know these parents particularly well. Be very That's the cautious. thing. You have to, we have to acknowledge as parents with children starting. So my child is starting secondary next year and Tammy's child is finished. So you do realize that you're losing that circle of primary school parents that you were very close to and feel in most cases you could say things to and you're walking into a scenario where everybody is new to one another as well. Yeah. Um, Mary, finally, with if there's teens listening to this as well, so the older teens perhaps, like, what would be your big advice to them if they are being bullied? I'm assuming it's like find a trusted person and be very honest with them. That is exactly it. And they need a trusted person in that school setting. Tell somebody, you know, that really is my advice. Tell somebody, you know, you need a trusted adult in your life, in the home and in the school, even if the bullying is taking place outside school. You're in school a lot of your, your time, a lot of your day, having somebody there who understands that you might not need to walk away from that classroom. You might need to get out and have a safe space that you can go to, have somebody that you can sit and talk to. And remember, you know, as adults, we don't always get it right. We don't always have all the answers. Bullying is not an easy thing to address, particularly that relational aggression type bullying, you know, the, the ignoring and whatever, which is very clever. And that's what a lot of teenage girls go through, where the 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 person who is the bully, the, the queen bee, if you like, and very often there is one, is manipulative and clever. So as adults, we may not be able to just solve this immediately, 
but we can come up with ideas. We can come up with supports. What might you do if this happens? How to walk away? Who's your trusted adult to go to? You, we can actually support you and help you in coming back from this. You know, no child who is bullied has done something that makes them deserve this. And Absolutely you might not. feel like you, but they haven't. And the adults in your life can be there to support you in Gaining your own strength, your your inner bravery again, because it can take time to really find that again. But there, everybody has somebody in their life who, if you trust with your story, they will help you move beyond this. And Alison, you know what I must say to parents? We all have responsibility here. If your child is not being bullied, you still have a responsibility to talk to them about empathy, about being not being a bystander. So many kids are bystanders. Mary, you have always talked. You've always talked to me for all the years you've been on my weekend breakfast show on Today FM about being an upstander. And that has been transformative. And Joan, my daughter, and I have always talked about being an upstander and not a bystander. So you're right. That's where the conversation starts. Mary, this is so helpful and so useful. And we want to thank you, Tammy and I both do for taking part in the Shona Project podcast. Thank you so much, Dr. Mary O'Kane. Thank you, Alison. Hi, everyone. It's Tammy here. Um, And huge thanks to Mary Kane for being part of this really important conversation. I think it's one that we will come back to again and again, because it's something that so many of our daughters and the girls in our lives are dealing with. um, And one that we will get into more detail in the future. Just a quick note to say in two episodes time, we're going to be answering some of your questions. So any concerns or questions that you have with regard to your daughter or any advice that you want, please send it to podcast at shona.ie and we'll do our best to bring them to the people that can help us the most. In the meantime, make sure to check out shona.ie and also don't miss Alison on the mornings on Today FM at the weekend. Have a great day.